This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? I blocked that stolen tape out of my life in order to survive. And now that it's all coming up again, I feel sick. I want to take control of the narrative for the first time. I don't think people consider her the owner of her own image. It's Pamela Anderson, public property. I didn't feel like I had a lot of respect. Did you want to be a serious actress? I am a serious actress. make a career out of the pieces left. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And today we're reviewing a documentary that's kind of taken the world by storm. We're a little bit late to the party. We're discussing Ryan White's Pamela, A Love Story. You know, it's it's perhaps a, an indictment of the times that Pamela Anderson was a star in and the fact that I'm even having to say this, I didn't expect to be sitting here in 2023 talking about a documentary on Pamela Anderson. And that's kind of because the way she was positioned within pop culture um, wasn't as somebody that was going to end up shaping conversations in this way. And in a way, I feel a bit schooled myself and I'm glad. Oh my God, I'm so glad you said that because I thought I was going to be the the one so, sort of like singled out uh, because I was going to say that I think this documentary was made uh, precisely for people like me because I wouldn't have considered watching it. Um, I couldn't have cared less about Pamela Anderson. Like nobody um, took her seriously is the vibe, right? Mm. It, that, that's the vibe, yeah, yeah. So if we didn't decide to review this for the show, I wouldn't have, I've been like, no, you know, because... Like, what is the point? The common perception with most people is that, you know, what is there to know? Like, what's what's there to know about Pamela Anderson? Um, she's been given, like, this one-dimensional image for so long, right? And you don't even entertain the thought that there might be more to her story. Like, she might have something to say. Um, and I love that this documentary calls that out. Uh, it makes you think about how you view some celebrities or certain celebrities. Um, and I'm going to keep... I think I'm going to keep coming back to that guilt-inducing effect of the documentary throughout the show. Uh, but I loved it. That's what a good documentary does, I think, or is supposed to do. Um, I loved how it shifted perception. You know, the cool thing about it is that it's a slow burn. So it's not mm. particularly invested in um, right out the get going like, hey, all of you who viewed her as nothing more than like a Barbie doll who didn't take her seriously, you're to blame. Like it doesn't do that. Instead, it returns to that thesis statement in, in ways that are, I wouldn't say subtle, um, but it doesn't necessarily push it in your face, right? Like we keep seeing these clips of uh, shows that we might remember watching of talk shows, of talk show hosts kind of going to town all over her and her life. And I remember watching that at the time. And I remember um, living through the time where Pamela Anderson was CJ and, and was, you know, that, that particular person in Baywatch and truly not taking her seriously. I, I didn't think I, you know what? Weirdly, this documentary made me consider her as a person who was in love. And I, I find that strange to have not considered before because, um, She's been famously married six times now. Um, you know, the sex tape that went out against her consent, against Tommy Lee's consent, that all of that paints a certain picture of a certain kind of person. And 
I, I think the argument and the reason why it's called Pamela a love story is it's making the argument that she believes in love. Um, and yet when you think of her only as a sex symbol, it's easy to completely overlook all of that. It it doesn't make her a perfect person. It doesn't make excuses for the choices mm. that she has made. And I like that. Um, but also I think it does point out that she's a product of the time that she became popular in, right? I mean, I remember growing up and being in school and how Pamela Anderson was uh, almost a, not even shorthand, but an insult that girls would throw at each other. Um, you know, you tease each other in the in the schoolyard by, you know, if somebody developed too early, for instance, you know, they would be like, oh, you're Pamela. So people knew what she stood for. Um, and I think what this documentary forces you to do is to contend with the question of who's complicit in that really? Um, is it her for crafting the image? Is it the media for piling on and for pushing that image? Is it the audience for being both titillated and at the same time somehow judgmental about her? Um, and it doesn't offer easy answers, but I think it matters a lot that, as she says, she's telling the story from her perspective. It's it's her perspective, but also, um, like you said, the the not making excuses for her makes this documentary so legit in a way that it's not idolizing her or it's not it's not showing her in a light that is different from who she was before right because there is this one montage where after her breakup with uh, Tommy Lee and she's looking for love and then she goes to Kid Rock and you're like oh my god <laughs> like what is the trajectory like what is the train of thought here you know from from this guy to an even worse guy and then she'll tell you that there was no thought she doesn't believe in thought thought is overrated <laughs> yeah and you're like kid rock of all people bob ritchie like, yeah, yeah bob ritchie for your fairy tale ending um and i like that i i like that there is balance uh because it's not a it's not a biased perspective because then it would have been a bit a bit corny, you know, it's like, oh, because maybe you guys were fans or you want to, you you have your own agenda behind this documentary, but it makes no excuses. Like it shows her as a flawed person, but not the kind of flawed person that we were made to believe for, for a very, very long time. So what sets the documentary apart, I think, aside from the, the way in which it tells its story, um, is the unfettered access to Pamela Anderson. And this is both good and bad because there are some things that get skated over. Uh, there are some comments she's made. Uh, like Vladimir Putin is in one scene and that's it. Like, like we don't get to ask her anything about that. Um, but it is unfettered access to her. It's unfettered access to her home videos, to her diaries. Um, she says, in fact, that like you have my permission and that's on screen. You have my permission. Do whatever you want with the journals, but I'm not going to be the one to read it because I don't want to inadvertently censor you. And I think that because of that, you get to hear so much of it in her own words um, in a way that that it didn't feel like we had before. And then another part of it, of course, is that in her own words, she's very charming. She's like really charming and mm. light and funny and smart and good company. She's really likable. Um, hearing her, uh, hearing the, well, whoever it was that actually read the journals, but you're hearing her words also makes you realize that this is somebody who has observations on the world, who has uh, points of view, who has thoughts. And, and it's, I don't know, there's something very personal and intimate and, and likable about the way this whole thing is shot. Um, I was also thinking about how 
I was also thinking about how just the fact that this documentary exists in this day and age, right? It it got me thinking of, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Monica Lewinsky interview on John Oliver. Um, And when that went viral a few years ago, it completely changed the way people viewed her and particularly like you said Lynn it calls out people like talk show hosts and 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 uh, news interviewers who positioned Monica Lewinsky somehow as the person that we should be vilifying instead of the president of the United States and instead in way, of her boss who sexually harassed her exactly, I mean you can call yeah. it that so this one actually made me feel the same way in the sense that why did I not see this when everyone else was treating this person so badly and I love that they use those clips in between her her own interviews, like the interviews that you see of her, um, those clips of the talk show hosts of like random interviewers. Because like what I realize is that her whole career is a result of people bumbling about the meaning of what a sex symbol is. Um, like the documentary makes it very clear, right, that she chose to be in Playboy. Like she emphasizes that it was empowering. And then everyone else took that and assumed that her being in Playboy means that she has to be stupid or that she has to be dumb. And they that now she has no assumption. right to her body. A- exactly. Yeah. And and those are decisions that other people made for her. Like she never wanted that to be like her career or her message. Um, and they use these clips from like talk shows and interviews of her trying to have like a normal conversation, like an actual intelligent discussion. And these hosts like um, Jay Leno or David Letterman um, asking her some of the most random, idiotic questions that they Invasive can think of. Invasive questions. Invasive questions. Um, so her whole career just became that, right? Just like a like a one-dimensional thing. Um, and it also makes those clips like so frustrating uh, when you watch it because you realize that she wasn't even invited to the shows to talk. She was like a prop. You know, they brought her there as a prop um, to make things funny. And that's about it. We're talking today about a documentary by Ryan White, Pamela, A Love Story, about Pamela Anderson. Um, let us know, have you watched it yet? What did you think? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Binge-friendly movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Some men think, oh, she's the Playboy thing or the sexual person. And they hate you for being something else. brave and you got to use what you got why can't we be the heroes of our own life story BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Shamila and Arvin and together we're talking about Pamela, A Love Story, which is a documentary about Pamela Anderson directed by Ryan White. Um, I wanted to talk to you both about the pop culture stuff because we we spent the first part of our show talking about Pamela Anderson, about what this, what this movie has to say about celebrity culture, about misogyny, but we haven't actually spoken that much about the culture itself because this is such a product of the 90s. Like, I, I do wonder a little bit how somebody watching this now um, who has never seen Baywatch um, or who has very little understanding of like who Pamela Anderson is, who Tommy Lee is, how they would be watching this. Because, um, yeah, it's like when, when she runs through her boyfriends even, I'm like, man, half of these people, <laughs> um, you've just, we've stopped talking about for like 20, 30 years. 
No, I know what you mean. I mean, I recognized names of actors from Baywatch, but then I also thought to myself, wow, when was the last time I even thought of this person? Um, you know, and I think it's also it's this weird time capsule of of what was considered popular at that time, what made waves, what made headlines. Um, it was also a weird time capsule of gosh, we made shows like that. Gosh, we talked about celebrities like that. And it seems simultaneously unbelievable, but in a way also weirdly naive because in this day of social media, that stuff which was so, ed- like not edgy, but controversial, I suppose, seems really tame through today's lens. Actually, the the lack of social media is what got me the most, um, especially when, uh, you know, the, the sex tape got stolen um, and they were trying to come out with their their own the actual narrative right they were trying to get go to the public with with uh, their story and i kept wondering like you know in in today's world that would have been I'm going to say easier, but they would have had more channels. Like they could have been on Twitter, they could have been on social media. Uh, there could be like multiple different channels to tell that story. But back then, it's just like you have to depend on like the news or, or you know the, what's most popular, and then they can spin it any way they want. So that is like like you said, it's such a it's such a '90s thing because they didn't even being celebrities, and they were super super celebrities of that time. They became victims. Um, and that's that's weird to see because they didn't have a say. They 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 still had to depend on people giving them a voice, um, which is which is a, a time capsule thing, And it's so weird. Like I kept thinking, like, oh man, if, if Twitter was around, at least they could have said something on there or, or on Instagram or whatever it was, you know. And yet, the culture around sex scandals is also so deeply shaped by the Pamela Tommy situation, right? Because mm. um, the way we think about things now, the way we th- Thought about. I think um, she has. She makes a point in the documentary about how the time came where a sex tape was seen as a move to make you famous, uh, that you could actually actively do it and put it out there. And then she got lumped into that narrative along with everybody else who was taking part in it in that particular way. And I thought, gosh, that's so true. And it's such a strange thing as well to be first and most victimized in some ways for this uh, and then subsequently for people to go yeah you made money yeah you got famous because other folks did and you're right I think it's one of those examples of how the internet could have clarified it but also at the same time did a lot to muddy it. There's this really odd part in the documentary where because you know all along she says I fought this so hard because I didn't want my kids to grow up with that over their heads um, you know I didn't want them to think that their mother was this kind of person and then there's a scene where her son her second son I think says I kind of wish she had just sold it and taken the money because at least we wouldn't be struggling or in debt. And I thought, this is how much culture has changed. Uh, This is how different this whole thing would play out. But in a way, people like her, I don't want to say paved the way because that's not what I mean. Um, People like Pamela Anderson sort of bore the brunt of a lot of this um, in a way that later celebrities didn't really have to do. You, you know, you mentioned her kids, right? Um, and it's funny because like halfway through, you realize that despite being a mega celebrity, she's actually one of the most normal celebrities outside of the spotlight. 
because you see her house and the way she lived, um, even with when she was with Tommy Lee, um, her kids have normal human names, not like Zylo Milo seven thousand or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and and she seems like she seems like a well-adjusted, normal person when the spotlight is out. And even that took me by surprise. Um, I guess because we're so used to seeing like every aspect of people, like the Kardashians, you know, and and play out on on, on different channels, right? That you don't expect uh, Pamela Anderson to be living normally even at this age uh, to be just living a normal life are they named are her sons named Brandon and Dylan after the Beverly Hills characters because speaking of 90s <laughs> stuff that's the first thing that came to mind for me oh that Maybe. hadn't even occurred to me and now simultaneously bums me out and makes me really happy I don't, I know, right? I don't know what to do with that exactly I, I wanted to ask you both though did you find that you were able to trust the documentary and this is a problem that I have in general when the documentary is made with the consent of the person that it is about. Uh, on the one hand, the Pamela Anderson story is all about consent. So I, I would have been, it would have been tough, I think, to have made these arguments that you're doing things um, to highlight the issue of consent and then not have her participate in it, which is the Pam and Tommy problem, right? That mini series. But the other side of things is because she is the one telling you the story, um, you don't get to critically interrogate, I think, some of the more problematic aspects of her life. I think I'm not going to say I believe entirely the point of view that this documentary is putting forward. It's a point of view. But I think the points that it's making about things like consent and how women are treated in the spotlight, I think it has important things to say. Um, and it also makes you look back at um, how you might have viewed some of these things. And for that alone, I think it's actually really important to watch and take part in, especially if you grew up in that era. No, yeah. The, the documentary's ability to shift my own perspective um, makes me like it a lot. I, I think I believe it at most, maybe 75%, maybe slightly less. Um, we don't know how much is being censored or omitted from the documentary. But the fact that it took this celebrity or this person, it expanded her story in ways that I, I had no idea about. Um, she, she, It made her more than a gimmick. Um, and I think it, that itself is enough. Whether or not it's true or, or they left some stuff from the editing floor, um, I don't know. But as a documentary, I think it, it did its job even though it might not have been 100%. Yeah, so I think it's a combination of things because I agree with the both of you and, and we spoke about this quite a bit earlier that it makes you reconsider Pamela Anderson in very particular ways. But uh, it helped me, I think, that she's not at the end making some sort of big play for monetization. Um, there's no element of that. She just keeps saying, I'm restless. I don't know, like maybe I'll just go back to Canada and build houses. Like I I'm not necessarily trying to do anything more than that. Um, and since it's been released as well, she's been on the talk show circuit. But again, it's not as if she's also like holding a smart water or something and walking around and being like, why, yes. So so that helps. Um, and the other thing is, and perhaps this is its best quality for me personally, is that it didn't just make me reconsider Pamela Anderson. Uh, it made me reconsider how I think about female celebrities in particular today. Um, you know, that, that you watch maybe talk shows, for example, or you look at narratives that are being spun about people in a more critical way. And I think that that alone is a good thing to bring with you. 100%. Um, it also made me think about how you don't need neat or perfect endings. I mean, at the end of the documentary, she doesn't come across as having arrived at any big revelation. She just seems like someone who's trying and is still trying to figure herself out. And I think that's kind of okay. It also feels kind of brave for a documentary to end like that. 
I have like one tiny question. When the documentary decided to show her at her age um, and, and splice that between scenes of her when she was young, did it also give you guys like mental whiplash? Because we're not used to seeing celebrities from the 90s age, right? I'm not saying that she looks bad or anything. I'm just saying that it was it was a sudden, it was a surprise. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like For me, it was that I actually... It's, it reminded me that I don't know what Pamela Anderson looks like in the present. Yes. Yeah, exactly. and it kind of yep, made me feel a bit guilty again. Um, guilty, I, yep, yep. Dudes, it's not even in the present. I realised I didn't know what she looked like in the 90s. Yeah, that like, was the weird yeah. part. Um, mm-hmm. Because you suddenly realise that if you were to... If someone asked you to draw a caricature of Pamela Anderson on a piece of paper you would draw something and everybody would probably look at that and go, yep, that's that Baywatch lady. But it doesn't mean you look at her face. And I think that that's kind of a startling realisation that I didn't exactly know what Pamela Anderson looked like beyond her body and her hair and you know the way she carried herself. And that made me feel guilty. But I think that that's a good thing. I think it's really a good thing. This, I mean, I think everyone's talking about this documentary partly because it made them take a good hard look at themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like, it's two hours of, of guilt tripping and making you go like, oh, man, I shouldn't judge celebrities or I should pay more attention to, you know, that every people have a story, you know. It's not just what the media chooses to tell you or, or the industry, quote unquote, chooses to tell you. Guilt tripping and guilt tripping by a very charming person, which is part of the, the pain <laughs> and wonder, I suppose, of it. We're talking today about Pamela, A Love Story, which is a documentary about Pamela Anderson. Let us know whether you've watched it yet or if you plan to. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.